This is Today in History, April the 26th. On this day in 1607, English colonists went ashore at present-day Cape Henry, Virginia, on an expedition to establish the first permanent English settlement in the Western Hemisphere. Also on this day in 1777, during the American Revolutionary War, 16-year-old Sybil Ludington, the daughter of a militia commander in Dutchess County, New York, rode her horse into the night to alert her father's men of the approach of British troops. And on this day in 1865, John Wilkes Booth, the assassin of President Abraham Lincoln, was surrounded by federal troops near Port Royal, Virginia, and killed. In 1913, Mary Fagan, a 13-year-old worker at a Georgia pencil factory, was strangled. Leo Frank, the factory superintendent, was convicted of her murder and sentenced to death. Frank's death sentence was commuted, but he was lynched by an anti-Semitic mob in 1915. Also on this day in 1952, the destroyer minesweeper USS Hobson sank in the Central Atlantic after colliding with the aircraft carrier USS Wasp with the loss of 176 crew members. And on this day in 1968, the United States exploded beneath the Nevada desert a 1.3 megaton nuclear device called Boxcar. Also on this day in 1986, an explosion and fire at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in Ukraine caused radioactive fallout to begin spewing into the atmosphere. For the first time ever, the Soviet the Soviet Union admits it has had a nuclear accident, and it's clearly a major one. It's almost certainly the uh, most severe accident that has ever taken place in uh, the short history of civilian nuclear power. Dozens of people were killed in the immediate aftermath of the disaster, while the long-term death toll from radiation poisoning is believed to number in the thousands. Also on this day in 1994, voting began in South Africa's first all-race elections, resulting in victory for the African National Congress and the inauguration of Nelson Mandela as president. This is one of the most important moments in the life of our country. I stand before you filled with deep pride and joy. Pride in the ordinary, humble people of this country. And on this day in 1977, Studio 54 opens. Studio 54 was Sodom and Gomorrah with a disco theme. A place where celebrities and civilians alike reveled in unrestrained debauchery. Everything was going on in full swing. Drag, sex, and rock and roll in every single angle. The crowd outside 254 West 54th Street in New York City on this day in 1977 was waiting and hoping for a chance to enter what would soon become the global epicenter of the disco craze and the most famous nightclub in the world. Studio 54, which opened its doors for the very first time on April 26, 1977. The impresarios behind Studio 54 were Steve Rubel and Ian Schrager, college roommates at Syracuse University, who got into the nightclub business after their first venture, a chain of steak restaurants, failed to flourish. But before taking Manhattan by storm and becoming famous for openly and shamelessly excluding all but the most chic, famous, or beautiful patrons from their establishment, Rubel and Schrager were running a far less pretentious operation called the Enchanted Garden in the Far Reaches of Queens. The woman who deserves the lion's share of the credit for making 54 into the celebrity playground that it became was Carmen D'Alessio, a public relations entrepreneur in the fashion industry whose Rolodex included names like Bianca Jagger, Liza Minnelli, Andy Warhol, and Truman Capote. Her buzz building turned the grand opening into a major item in the New York gossip columns, and her later efforts, like having Bianca Jagger ride a white horse into the club for her 30th birthday party, stoked the public's fascination with Studio 54 even further. Not just the usual celebrity suspect 
suspects, actors, models, musicians, and athletes, but also political figures like Margaret Trudeau, Jackie Onassis, and infamously White House Chief of Staff Hamilton Jordan came out to be seen during the club's free payday. From a musical standpoint, Studio 54 did not seek to break new ground, but rather defeat its patrons a familiar diet of dance hits. Artists like Grace Jones, Donna Summer, and Gloria Gaynor all made live appearances there, but Studio 54 belonged to the DJs and to the free entertainment provided by the club's flamboyant staff and clientele. While disco reigned supreme on the pop charts, Studio 54 reigned supreme among discotheques, enjoying a golden era that lasted from its opening on this day, April 26th, 1977, on this day in history. I never can say goodbye.